for the first time ever, we are covering week 18 of the NFL season. I mean, we really shouldn't be. Your fantasy season should have ended last week. If you've got a good, competent commissioner, uh, your season ended last week. Unless you are the commissioner of your league, in which case, you need to hear this. Your championship should have been last week. But anyway, we're covering week 18. We're going to read the tea leaves. We're going to try to figure out what on earth is happening this week in football. Uh, Joined, as always, by Eric Smith and Ryan Heath. I'm back. Miles Nelson here. Uh, How excited are you guys for this final week? of the season. Eric, I, I know you're excited because you don't have to worry about it. Your team's in the playoffs. Oh yeah. That's uh extra exciting for me. I had a lot of extra time this week with no lineups to set. So I did what anyone does with some extra time as I, I failed to buy a PlayStation five for the whole week. So I tried <laughs> and failed. So still no PlayStation five uh, time to prep for the show now. So uh, yeah, y'all are gonna have to catch me up because there's a lot going on here. Yeah. The fact that we're still dealing with this, just just side real quick a year ago, <laughs> I was telling Megan, don't worry about it. Don't, it'll pass. It'll be fine. We can get a PlayStation five later. And uh, it is now 2022 and uh, it is still impossible to get one. Uh, Ryan, are you sweating this week at all? Uh, You know, I mean the Patriots, you know, maybe making the playoffs for the first time with, uh, without Tom Brady. Like, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I was at the game last Sunday. It was great to watch. Uh, Just Dropping 50 points on the Jaguars is a nice pastime here in New England. Um, but I'm really not sweating it. I'm pretty chill. I'm going to go skiing Sunday morning and come catch some NFL games in the afternoon. It, it should be chill. I, I'm just not stressing at all for once during this NFL season. There you go. Wow. What a wild week there was last week. We had two different teams score 50 points. Uh, I mean, obviously it was against the Jaguars and the Lions. So, you know, maybe could have seen that coming, but still it was absolutely wild. And uh, I think the only thing crazier than that was, uh, you know, the Washington football team stadium just falling apart uh, and being held back together by zip ties. And then that not even being the biggest story of the day, but that was last week. We're not here to talk about last week. We're here to talk about this week. And there's a lot of teams that still have something to play for. Um, You know, one extra week of the season, a a lot of teams are still very much clumped together. Uh, So, Ryan, which teams are you definitely not worried about your players, your fantasy players on? uh, Because they have something to play for. They're definitely going all out this weekend. Yeah, the Chargers and Raiders, number one, are playing each other to get into the playoffs. So, If you have any players on either of those teams, you don't need to worry. Same thing with Steelers Ravens. And then also the 49ers, the Colts and the Saints all need to win to get in. Not all of them will, obviously, but those are the teams that you can really count on to be going 100% the entire time this week. Yeah, that Chargers Raiders game got flexed to Sunday Night Football. Also, talk about what an amazing market uh, for the NFL to get both LA and Las Vegas for that game. Um, You know, obviously it's not like the biggest team there in Las Vegas, but you got Justin Herbert. It's an explosive offense in LA. So um should be a fun game uh, no matter what happens. And uh, you're absolutely right. All those teams have a lot to play for. They've got players that, that you know, they're not going to be sitting those guys. So um, if you've got players on those teams, put them in your lineup. You should feel good about it. Uh, on the flip side though, Eric, which teams do we think are most likely to sit their starters or at the very least, like mess around with stuff to the point that you're really second guessing whether or not you're starting their players. Yeah, first up is the Packers against the Lions. The Packers have a first-round bye clinched. Uh, it's got a real preseason feel to it. It sounds like they're going to start Rodgers and some of their stars, but could be a drive, could be three drives, who knows. But the fact that they are starting their starters and then you know, pretty assuredly going to sit them 
kind of even takes the backups off the radar. So Packers are one. Uh, the Cowboys and Eagles game, I really don't know what to think of this one. Uh, Cowboys have a COVID situation going through the team as well. Uh, both have the playoffs clinched, unsure of their motivation. Um, the Eagles are still up in there if they're going to play their starters. And then uh, the Bengals and the Browns game, we already know that Joe Burrow's out. We already know that Baker Mayfield is out. Uh, there's a bit of a COVID situation on the Bengals as well. I think that matchup is going to be a bit of a mess. You never know what a game in Cleveland is going to be like at this point of the year weather-wise. So those are some of the games I am avoiding. I just There's not much we can count on other than the Bengals, maybe like a Samaje P. Ryan high-volume game, but there, there's just not much to look forward to there. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to these games and whether or not maybe even like some backups are are viable. You know, uh, for example, you mentioned the Packers. Uh, obviously, we can expect you know Aaron Jones won't see the the field a bunch, but will that help like AJ Dillon? So we'll get to that stuff um later. Before we do though, let's let's liven things up a little bit. I know we're all a little bit fatigued from trying to read through coach speak and you know, assess various levels of motivation and all that stuff. Um, let's look ahead to the 2022 fantasy football season. Um, let's fast forward seven months. It's early August. We're getting ready for our fantasy football drafts. And who do we expect to see in going in the first round and, uh, come next August? I mean, it's easy enough to look at who the top performers were this year, but, you know, can we expect all those same guys to just be the people that we, that get drafted? Um, or do you expect to see some surprise names in there? So, um, Eric, who are some players that you definitely think are locks to be first round pick next year? Yeah, I, Jonathan Taylor is going to be the 101. I have a real hard time seeing him dip any farther than that. So uh, Taylor is an absolute lock. Uh, I do think Austin Eckler is a, a pretty lo- pretty safe lock for the first round. We'll see how high he ends up. Uh, Cooper Cup is going to get hyped up. Najee Harris, a little bit dependent on the quarterback. Uh, but those are some young players that we can expect to get quite a bit of a workload. Uh, there are some other you know running backs that are probably in the first round with some injury history and some age issues that we can get to. But uh, Taylor, field, he's the true lock. He's going to be the 101. And with all of CMC's injuries, I don't see how he could surpass Taylor in most drafts. All right, so you've got Jonathan Taylor is probably the number one pick heading into 2022. Ryan, do you feel the same? Is Jonathan Taylor your number one pick as well for next year? He is at the moment, but I wouldn't say it's uncontested. I think there's an actual argument for Christian McCaffrey there. Everybody's going to say he's injury prone, but I feel like people will start to forget about that and kind of get over it by next July and August. It's just fresh in everyone's memories right now, and they still feel hurt. So I think it'll be interesting between those two ultimately. Yeah, and I will say I'm kind of predicting what the first round is going to be here. I'll have my way too early rankings out like the week before the Super Bowl and that off week. But I just I have a really hard time believing that Taylor is not going to go first in almost every league. And it's interesting with Taylor because we basically said this was the year he had to have uh, to be this much of a different difference maker in fantasy. We needed like a 20 touchdown season with 2000 yards rushing and we're getting it. But you know, there is a little bit you could poke holes in his profile with 340 yards receiving. Like it's 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 nitpicking here for sure. But um, this is an outlier season from Taylor. So there will be some debate if he can repeat this for a second year in a row. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a lock in standard uh, for sure. PBR is the one where you could probably poke some holes. Um, not that he's like Derrick Henry levels of uh, of a running back there in terms of not getting the receptions, but uh, definitely, you know, it's not as much of a part of his game as guys like McCaffrey or Eckler um, or even Dalvin cook, uh, which by the way, so I just mentioned Derek Henry. I, I'm curious because, you know, missed quite a bit of the season 
Um, he's uh, set to come back, probably won't play this week, or if he does, it's not going to be enough that, that you want to play him. But uh, we're going to see him in the playoffs almost certainly. Um, do you think that matters in terms of what his uh, draft stock will be uh, in 2022? Do you think he's going to be a first-round pick regardless of how he looks here in the playoffs? What, what do you expect to see from Derrick Henry after the monster first half of the season that he had? I think he's probably a first-round pick regardless of what happens here in the playoffs. I mean, his points per game is still second on the year in PPR leagues among all flex players, take out quarterbacks. And, I mean, until pretty recently, he was ranked shockingly high in the overall points for running backs, even with all these missed games. So uh, we can it's another one. We can debate whether he should be a high first-round pick, but people are certainly going to take Derrick Henry early. Uh, and I do think it's worth banking on that upside with all those touchdowns. Uh, we'll see if the end is here now that he's been hurt once, but he's certainly going to go early in your drafts. I, I bet he's still a top five pick next year. I agree. It's going to happen. He's going to be going in the first. I can already see it happening though, that I'm going to be the guy that is pumping the brakes on this train. It it's me with Derrick Henry every year. I just don't believe in him in PPR leagues. Although he was getting a little bit more work in the passing game this year. I'll have to go back and look at some of those numbers and game logs, but 27 year old running back with a broken foot in the first round, I'm probably going to be shying away more often than not. This this right here is why zero RB works in some years is guys like that in the first round. And I mean, that's totally fair. And it's it's impossible to predict uh, who's going to be healthy, who's going to get hurt. So uh, that's that's, you know, always the toughest thing. Um, now, Eric, you mentioned Cooper Cup as like the first wide receiver out of your out of your mouth. And I think the only wide receiver that you mentioned earlier is like you're locked to go in the first round. Uh, Ryan, do you feel the same way that Cooper Cup after the season that he had? Uh, is a first round lock for next year. I think he is probably towards the end of it. I don't know how I'll feel taking him as like the wide receiver one overall, but these guys that can win against zone coverage now have kind of shown that they can be these elite fantasy producers. Debo Samuel gets grouped in with this too. And it's kind of a change in the last year or so in the NFL. So I'm interested to see what happens. I don't know if cup is going to be one that I'm betting on a lot though. Yeah, I, um, it's definitely a kind of ideological shift here at wide receiver because cup, um, I mean, there's so you look at his, at his uh, stat line and the first thing that jumps out at you is 15 touchdowns. And, and, you know, it's just like, can he repeat that? Obviously 138 receptions, 1800 yards. I mean, leads the league in both numbers. Absolutely insane. But you know, are these numbers that he can repeat? Um, you know, is this something that, that is doable? And, and it just feels like that there's a lot of, uh, I, I mean, it, it's, it's just easy for me to sit here and say that there's regression coming right. Um, without anything to point at other than the fact that it just, it just doesn't feel like this is something that cup can keep up for a whole nother year. Like I, I would, you know, default to like Devonte Adams, uh, over him personally. So I wonder, I don't know if the smart money is on Adams over cup, but I wonder if like the general consensus is going to be Adams is the first wide receiver still, uh, and then cup assuming Rogers stays in green Bay. I mean, that's obviously if, if any of that stuff changes, it changes everything. Yeah. I mean, cup does have 22 more targets than second place at the receiver position. He's got a massive 184 targets. So yes, that's probably due to regress as well. But I mean, this is built on just elite volume here from cup. So even if touchdowns are down, if he's targeted that much, he's going to have a huge year. But I, I think with receiver, like we've seen, it really kind of comes down to a numbers game for the first round. Uh, how many, cause 
people are going to load up on running backs early in almost every league. That's just the way it goes. So mm-hmm. you get Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, probably Alvin Kamara. Um, pretty pretty safe first round locks, I would say. That's seven running backs already. That's mm-hmm. only five spots left for receivers. Um, start talking Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift. Uh, maybe a random rookie running back that gets drafted in the first or second round. Like you're running out of receiver spots. So I, I do think most years we see what, maybe two to four receivers, if even four, two or three receivers in the first round. So I, I think it probably is Adams, Cup, and then you could start arguing between like, you know, Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill types. Uh, but it just, it kind of ends up being a numbers game at receiver and some very, you know, talented, just as worthy players go in the second round that could have been first round receivers. We just kind of run out of room with all these running backs. Well, so let me ask before we kind of, you know, delve into which wide receivers are going to be first round, um, you know, one position that we didn't mention that there was absolutely a member of the first round this past year is tight end uh, Travis Kelsey going as high as I think the fourth pick in a lot of drafts. Um, Do we expect to see a tight end going in the first round again, whether it's Travis Kelsey uh, or Mark Andrews or or someone else? I honestly don't. I think there's still a clear elite tight end tier at the top. Um, And I think Andrews and Kelsey both could potentially be late first round picks, but I don't think anybody's going to see that there's enough of a difference between those guys and even throwing George Kittle in there, assuming his health that they feel the need to pull the trigger in the first round. I think these guys are going to be going in the second round for most of the off season and right up into next fall. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I Mark Andrews' this season has gone a little bit under the radar. It's not like we're talking about him every week, and Kelsey's getting up there in age. Kittle's missed enough time with injury. I I don't think it's going to happen for first round tight end unless it's tight end premium leagues. You'll you'll see it in some leagues, but I don't think we're going to see him in twenty twenty two very often. Okay, so probably seven to nine running backs in your first round, two to four wide receivers that math doesn't add up but you know whatever <laughs> uh then you just have the guy who skips his you know draft spot or drafts the, the no actually there's the patrick mahomes guy in the first round or something like that um is wait is patrick mahomes the the quarterback that people are going to inexplicably draft in the first round um are we going to go back to the days of tom brady being the quarterback that people inexplicably draft in the first round like who who's that quarterback for you next year that you just for some reason someone drafts him in the first round there's a lot of options this year. I mean, Josh Allen's the QB one on a point per game basis has the throwing and the rushing ability. Justin Herbert is a young player on the rise. Um, Kyler Murray's been ahead of Patrick Mahomes. It's it's going to be pretty jumbled. So I think Josh Allen would probably be the leader in the clubhouse uh, just because of the volume that he gets out there. But um, maybe there's so many good options this year. It happens even less with a quarterback in the first round because you can just kind of wait for the end of that first tier, I think. Okay, we don't we we don't need to spend any actual time on on uh, bad quarterback predictions. Um, okay, so uh, sorry for leading us down that path. That's on me. Uh, so back into the first round, you know, let's say the last last few spots. What uh, what running backs do you expect to see going there, um, Ryan? What what running backs do you think are in the mix for that like picks nine through twelve range? Yeah, I've got four guys here that I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on. So the first one is Javante Williams. Uh, there's a no. lot of hype behind him. No, <laughs> no. Well, Eric, wait, wait, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. Ryan, you, yeah. you finish and then Eric, you give your take. I'm sorry. My, my bad. <laughs> so especially in dynasty circles, there's a lot of hype behind him. I, he's getting pretty routinely ranked as like a top 12 dynasty player from what I'm seeing. And I think that if Melvin Gordon skips town in Denver, we've seen what Williams can 
can do when he's given a full workload when he had that one I, I think week 14 or 13 when he just had the backfield to himself and it was pretty impressive the Broncos could get a quarterback upgrade this offseason I I can just see this Javante Williams hype train just barreling through and right into the first round it's hard to say with anything in Denver. Um, I mean, you are right. Like Melvin Gordon is on the last year of his contract. I mean, they could bring him back, but uh, it could be Javante's backfield next year. He looks great. I do like Javante because he's not one of these rookies that seems like he's just a big play threat and doesn't have the rest of the position figured out. Like he's he's good in pass protection and catching the ball. And he's a, a between the tackles runner. He's got a lot going for him, but it's all going to come down to the quarterback position. If somehow it's still Bridgewater and Drew Locke, I, I'm not sure we can get him in the first round. And at that point, like how how good of an upgrade can they get? So if if they're just like Aaron Rodgers or bust this year and they don't get Rodgers, I I don't know if he's going to end up being a first round pick. But I I really do like him. He, he feels like a second rounder, um, hyped up second rounder. I'm just not sure if he can get to the first. Yeah, yeah. dynasty sell. By the way, just want want to get <laughs> that in there. I, I I just I reacted the way that I did because to me with that offense in Denver, it's not that exciting. Obviously, if Aaron Rodgers goes there, that changes everything. But um, the offense isn't super exciting. Um, you know, I don't know what the future holds for Melvin Gordon, but there's a, gr- a good chance, in my opinion, he comes back to Denver. Uh, I just to me, I think there's too many uh, roadblocks in the way right now for me to say Javante Williams is a back half of the first. I think he, safely a second round pick if he's the only guy there. Uh, but I think if we see this past year, guys like Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers, um, J.K. Dobbins, uh, even CEH, none of them sniffed the first round. And I think all of them had, uh, you know, just the same. Actually, maybe Cam Akers did. Cam Akers might have uh, before, obviously, before he got hurt. And so maybe there's the path there uh, of a rookie uh, of a running back, you know, shedding kind of the the running back by committee that he, you know, had to deal with his rookie season. So so maybe, but. I just don't feel like the, uh, the buzz is, you know, and I'm not in dynasty league, so Maybe that's why I don't feel it, but, uh, that's a tough, that's a tough sell for me right now. If you, if we were making bets on who's going to be a first round pick. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm glad you brought up cam Akers because he's the next one that I wrote down. You're right. It would be a similar mold, similar story. Um, but here with acres, we're in a potential spot where, Sony Michelle could leave this off season. We haven't seen the Rams really commit to Darrell Henderson. I, they've really looked for any excuse to not have him on the field all the time. I, it really felt like acres was teed up for an absolutely insane bell cow year this year. And it seems like he's made a miraculous recovery from his injury. So I wouldn't be all that shocked if he's sniffing the end of first round of the draft next year. Okay. Uh, who are the other two running backs and we'll react to all of them at the same time. Okay. So then I have Nick Chubb. Uh, I will never be supporting that, but there's always somebody that will talk themselves into that because Nick Chubb is the best runner in the league, according to every film grinder. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I have Cardinals running back X. Uh, we, we don't have a name for this player yet, but if there's a seemingly one single lead Cardinals running back, depending what happens with the James Conner and Chase Edmonds contract situations. It could be either of them or neither of them, but I think they deserve first round consideration potentially. Yeah. So I, I do want to point out too, that um, we kind of skipped over Joe Mixon and Deandre Swift. We're, we're kind of, we're pretty much considering them a first round pick or, or a borderline first round pick. So didn't want anyone to think we were leaving them out. Uh, as far as acres, when you asked earlier about uh, Derek Henry, uh, if he needs to have a big playoffs to show us he's healthy. And I, I said, not really. Cam Akers does. Like if, 
if he comes out in these playoffs and looks slow, uh, I don't see how he's anywhere near the first round. But hey, if he rips off a 100-yard game in the playoffs, I could see it. I I am going to be selling on Cam Akers personally. I love that he's coming back quickly and that he's somehow coming back in the first year from an Achilles injury. But man, running backs with these major injuries this earlier in their career, I'm generally just going to fade them. And I hope he proves me wrong, but I will not be taking Cam Akers. I wasn't taking him in the first round anyway this year. And I, I can't imagine I'm taking him in the top two or three rounds next year. Yeah. I mean, uh, Achilles injury is always one where you have to be really concerned about how they uh, return from it. Um, I mean, if he is actually returning in six months, that's uh, unreal. Um, he did practice in full. They did say he was at full speed. So, uh, we'll, we'll see for ourselves with our own eyes over these next few weeks. But, uh, I think, I mean, you know, all the, all the reasons for optimism are still there. I I don't think any of that stuff changed. So uh, if he is full strength, I'm, you know, I, I could see it for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just, we need, we need him to be explosive and we need them to give him a massive workload. I mean, I even worry about that with like JK Dobbins on an ACL injury. Like, is he going to get a humongous touch season next year? I I don't know. So how many years are we waiting? And then how long is a shelf life for running back anyway? So that's just kind of my pushback on these, uh, like Travis Etienne, all these kinds of players. So um, that's my worry. Uh, I do. I think the Cardinals running back spot is a really good call. I'll be fascinated to see how that plays out. Do they bring one of these guys back? Do they go draft somebody? Do they go sign a big name? Whatever. But that Cardinals running back spot is a very lucrative role. So uh, if that somehow gets consolidated into one person, they could go super early. I I do wonder if Connor or Edmonds have the kind of all around game that they're going to be a first round pick. But I mean, if they drafted a running back early, he would be uh, maybe next year Ceh or uh, you know Najee Harris or insert you know hot rookie here. So I, definitely that's a good call in Arizona. Yeah. And then do, do we expect a, a rookie running back to be a first round pick? I mean, I, I don't, I'm not super clued into college football, but I, I usually at least know the, the Saquon Barkley or the Ezekiel Elliott when there's that level of hype. And I don't, I haven't heard that. Um, it seems more like last year where there's the Najee Harris and the Travis Etienne who might go at the back of the first round. And, you know, if they end up in the right situation, there might be a second round pick. I still think it's possible. I honestly do not know much about this rookie class yet either. That's kind of where I go after the season ends. But it's not like CEH was a a massive prospect when he fell to the Chiefs. So that may be an argument for not drafting him in the first. But um, (laughs) it could happen if it's the right spot and if it's someone who just kind of like with Najee Harris this year, they're just like, hey, we're giving him the full role. Then they could absolutely be a first rounder. So maybe not the year, but it's, it's always in play, I think. Yeah, I think a rookie running back drafted by the Cardinals would definitely be in range for the first round that that's really the one spot that I can think of that would get me excited. But as you guys said, there there aren't any of these amazing five star running back prospects in this draft class. We got to wait till 2023 with B. John Robinson for that. So we'll we'll see how it turns out. But I'm not crazy off the walls excited. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for talk about 2022. Uh, We have still a a week of this season left to go and there's people out there who have championships to win. So um, Ryan, let's just start with you. Let's start with the fun stuff. Uh, If you are, you know, one of those teams that you've been streaming all season long, or if you find yourself needing a quarterback tight end or defense, Ryan, for one last time, bring us home. Who are you streaming this week? All right. So the original quarterback streamer that I had was Trey Lance, but Kyle Shanahan just is addicted to telling the media that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play. I don't know whether to believe it or not this week. I felt like it was pretty transparently not true last week. I 
think it could be real this week. But if Lance plays, I mean, he's only rostered in 32% of Yahoo leagues. He just posted a top 12 fantasy week, didn't really play all that well until the second half and didn't have a rushing touchdown, but still managed to do that. So there's just great weapons in San Francisco there. Even if Jimmy starts, I think Jimmy might be viable there. But if we don't get either of them in a good spot, then I think Taysom Hill is the place to go. The Saints are playing a win against the Falcons. We know how the Falcons defense is. Taysom Hill is available in over 50% of leagues. So he's who I would go to after that. Yeah, the latest on Jimmy G, by the way, he was limited in, in today's practice on Thursday. Um, Debo Samuel said that Jimmy just looked like Jimmy to me. It doesn't look like to me that his thumb is hurt. So, I mean, I don't know if we're taking medical advice from Debo Samuel, but that's what he did say about Jimmy G. So that's the that's the tough thing. We don't know yet. It was still a limited practice, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think Shanahan probably got to Debo and was like, hey, th- this <laughs> is what your statement to the media is going to be today because we, we need our competitive advantage for this weekend. That was a real ringing endorsement from Debo, by the way. Jimmy yeah <laughs> yeah he just, just looks normal just looks like yeah all right moving on to tight end streaming um i really hope that you're not still doing this in week 18 but <laughs> if you are we got tyler conklin he's been a mainstay he's available in 60 percent of yahoo leagues or on the other side of that matchup we have cole Komet. uh we're not sure about justin fields playing it's most likely going to be andy dalton or nick Foles, uh, but both Conklin and Komet are really the only tight ends under 50% rostered that have been seeing any consistent kind of target volume. I mean, Foster Moreau is probably not going to be usable because it's we're likely to see Waller back. Mo Ali Cox, again, probably not going to be usable as Jack Doyle gets healthier. We're just running out of streaming options here. So it it's really between those two. I would lean Conklin just because Minnesota's favored. Okay. Um, and then your defense streamer is in that same game, right? Yeah, my defense streamer is in that exact same game. I, I've done this a few times this year where it just happens that the tight end is playing against my streaming defense. But we've got Minnesota. They're only rostered in 27% of Yahoo leagues. They're five and a half point home favorites against Chicago. It was three and a half, and that line moved by two points with Justin Fields going on the COVID list. Uh, the Bears are still among the league leaders in sacks allowed. A lot of that has been Justin Fields because he tends to get sacked a lot, but I still don't think this is going to be a very efficient offense that's going to blow the cover off of Minnesota secondary. So I think they're both a pretty safe and surprisingly high upside play this week if you still need to stream a defense. Mike Zimmer's probably coaching for his job. We'll see how that works out for him. Probably not great, but (laughs) that's where we're at. Yeah, and and last time Minnesota played Chicago in uh, in week fifteen, they scored fifteen points um, as a fantasy defense. So that's uh, you know that's about as good as you can hope for. Um, don't worry about the negative four they just put up against Green Bay. It was Green Bay in Green Bay. That's what they do. Uh, but you know, fifteen points against Chicago back in week fifteen. So definitely a good a good spot there. Um, now this week uh, we're not going to talk about it from a position perspective because of everything going on. Every game has so many different. Uh, you know, varying levels of competitiveness and, and motivation. So we're going to go on a game by game uh, basis. Um, my best advice that I have for you this week, by the way, just before we get into this, is if you are heading into your championship and you do have lineup questions, 
join the discord go to pitcherlist.com plus because we will have people online on our discord ready to help you out saturday before the saturday games sunday before the sunday games we can walk you through you know every league at this point is going to be so wildly different um than any any kind of generic advice you get out there uh on reddit or on twitter or whatever is going to be limited but if you jump in the discord you can show us your waiver wire you can show us your bench we can help you really uh make these decisions uh you know in the moment because even now we're recording on thursday to give ourselves extra time on information and there's still so much that we just don't know that's going to change between now and this weekend so that's honestly the best the best advice that i'm going to be i'm going to give this podcast but eric and ryan have good advice to give the rest of the way so i'm going to make sure that you guys get good stuff from them too so before we talk about the Saturday games. One last thing, um, you know, obviously the, the playoffs implications matter a lot, but there's also a lot of uh, player incentives that make a big deal. I mean, we've seen it in years past where, you know, wide receiver just gets like the first seven targets because he needed to get three receptions or whatever uh, to, to hit a bonus incentive. Um, friend of the podcast, Anthony Amico um, at Amixta on Twitter, A-M-I-C-S-T-A on Twitter, uh, compiled a list of player incentives. So we're going to be talking about those as we go through the games. Um, so definitely give him a follow. And this is stuff that will will matter. These players definitely want their money. So you know for a fact that they're going into the games, um, either if it's like a wide receiver, they're in their quarterback's ears. If it's a running back, you know, they're talking to the coaches. So they're, they're definitely going to make sure that they get paid. And the coaches want it too. It's not the coaches' money. They, they, want, they want their players to get paid too. So uh, – yeah, definitely stuff that we're gonna be uh, looking out for. Um, let's start with the Saturday games. We've got a couple of like good, good teams. A lot of fantasy relevant players. Uh, Kansas City takes on the Denver Broncos. Um, the Chiefs have playoff seating on the line, um, and the Broncos are without two starting quarterbacks. Sorry, cornerbacks. Uh, although it's not like their quarterbacks are any good, so hopefully <laughs> those guys are out too. Uh, what are you doing with this Chiefs offense? Is there any reason not to to play any of these guys? No, uh, this is a, a clear start for the Chiefs with those corners. Ronald Darby and uh, Pat Sertain out for the Broncos. This is a great spot. Uh, CEH isn't playing, so Daryl Williams looked really good against the Bengals last week. The Chiefs running game looked pretty good. So uh, it's all the usual suspects in Kansas City. Nobody knew it was really in there, but you can feel really confident about starting all the Chiefs. All right, and then what about Denver? Um, are we past the point of starting anyone in Denver? I mean, other than uh, the running backs. But in a game like this, can we start the running backs? It's it's a tough one. They're going to be playing from behind, most likely. I mean, Vic Fangio is probably coaching for his job, but um, I, I still don't know that he's going to run Javante Williams into the ground. So I would be hesitant to start these Broncos running backs. I don't know how you feel about these guys, Ryan, but it's just hard to know some of these teams' motivations, and Denver is one of them. Yeah, I think they're both going to play. Like You could start them, but kind of like a lot of weeks this year, I think they're both just kind of unexciting, like low-end RB2 flex type of guys. And as you said, the game script's not going to be ideal more than likely. So yeah, not excited, but you can. I give you permission. <laughs> is is Noah Fant the only startable member of the receiving core? Um, with uh, I mean, he was limited in practice, but he just had his best game. Um, now, Jerry Judy didn't play. Um, and I can't, uh, Jerry Judy was activated from the reserve COVID list. That's, you know, one more receiver out there, um, that drew Locke is going <laughs> to throw the ball to, uh, so is, is Fant being a tight end? Does that lower the bar enough that Fant is playable? Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, his bar is low enough. Yeah. You can play Fant. So it's hard to get too excited about any of these other receivers. Um, so yeah, it's probably just Fant for me. 
Yeah, you're playing Fant over Tyler Conklin or Cole Komet, so I'll put it that way. Okay. Uh, and then uh, in the night game, we've got the Dallas Cowboys playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, both teams are in the playoffs. Uh, Cowboys have won the division, so there's not they, they don't have anything like that on the line. Um, Cowboys can technically move up, but they need other teams to lose. Um, they're, they're pretty much locked into the four seed almost certainly. Um, plus, Micah Parsons, Tyron Smith, and Anthony Brown have all tested positive. Um, so with the new COVID <laughs> rules, I don't – maybe they can get out of it by then. I don't know. Uh, who knows? <laughs> I think they're making up the rules as they go, honestly. Uh, but the Cowboys say they're going to play their starters – uh, do you have any faith in playing like Ezekiel Elliott or CD lamb or Dak or anyone? I, uh, like we said up top, this is a, a tough one for me. I really have a hard time figuring out what they're going to want to do here. I could see Dallas wanting to get things on track with their offense a little more and getting some run out of them. Maybe we see more Tony Pollard, but he's been hurt too at times. So if, this is a really tough one for me. I do think if they keep saying they're going to play their starters, I, it's a good enough offense. I think you can roll some of these Cowboys out, out there, but um, you know, you never know. They could be pulled mid second quarter. Uh, it's just, it, at least it's a good offense you're chasing here. I guess that's what I'd say. Yeah. Like miles said, they technically can improve their seating, but the, the odds of whether you're the three or the four seed mattering for even home field advantage at any point are pretty low. I don't think they have that much incentive to play their starters all that much. I'd, I'd be pretty scared to play anyone in this game. I, I like, I think you can probably play CD lamb for upside, but uh, Zeke Pollard, I'd be pretty scared. The other receivers. Eh. Okay. Um, And then on the Philadelphia side of the ball, uh, I mean, they like Jalen Hurts has been uh, playing lately, but he was nursing an injury. Um, all of the running backs are out. I think uh, Miles Sanders is definitely sidelined. Boston Scott and Jordan Howard are on the reserve COVID list. So again, who knows with them um, is, you know, Dallas Goddard is on the COVID reserve. I think they had like 12 players test positive on Tuesday. That's uh, a mess in Philadelphia. Um, it's a miracle that Jalen Hurts didn't get crushed in the uh, Washington uh, stadium debacle. So just, you know, can you play anyone in Philadelphia as, again, the Eagles have clinched uh, their playoff spot? I mean, if this keeps lining up the way it is for Kenny Gainwell, uh, he may be one of the more locked-in volume players of the week. I mean, with Boston Scott and Jordan Howard co- currently on COVID reserve list, Miles Sanders out, it, there's not much left here. They only have so many spots on their roster. So. Gainwell's not so big of a part of their offense. They're going to want to make sure he's healthy for the playoffs. So I, I think we could see Gainwell soak up quite a bit of work here, but uh, that that would be about it for the Eagles for me. Yeah, I agree. And I think Gainwell could do well with it. He's pretty good catching the ball out of the backfield. He was pretty impressive in college. I, he honestly was pretty impressive in the first six weeks or so of the season before they inexplicably just kind of sidelined him. So I am guessing they're going to see what he has and they'll have to if he's the only one left standing. So yeah, he he's the one that I'm most confident playing in this game. All right. Um, moving on to Sunday's games. Um, we'll start with Chicago playing against Minnesota. Both teams have been eliminated from the playoffs. Um, both coaches. Well, Matt Nagy's has already been fired. Um, well, will be fired that we know. I don't I don't know what Chicago Chicago's like, hey, we don't fire coaches during the season. So we're just going to tell you guys now that we're going to fire Matt Nagy later. Um, so cool, I guess, uh, Mike Zimmer, I think is technically coaching for his job, but I, I don't think there's really any world in which he's the Vikings head coach next year. So, uh, both teams might play hard. I don't know. 
Uh, Justin Fields is on COVID reserve. Kirk Cousins is off COVID reserve. Um, who like are are we? Can we trust everyone in this game? Can we trust no one in this game? Like what what can we you know kind of ascertain from from this situation? I, I'd be mainly focused on Minnesota just because they can actually move the ball. I'm I I wonder if they let Cousins play the whole game or not. I mean they don't seem to love him, so I don't know if that means that they'll just throw him out there for the whole game because they don't really care. If, if they were going to protect anyone, it'd be Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook here. Uh, so I, I wonder if that sets up as a nice game for you know, KJ Osborne, um, Tyler Conklin, those types, maybe even Alexander Madison comes in and soaks up some work. Uh, but I do, I do think, you know, Zimmer seems like the type of coach that they're going to play them all a pretty good amount. So if we get a half out of cousins, at least, I think most of these players are pretty startable here in Minnesota. Yeah, I agree on the Vikings, um, for the bears. I think you can trust Darnell Mooney. Like he's a younger player. They're probably just going to let him continue playing. He's put up some nice games with Andy Dalton this year and the Viking secondary is not, not the best right now. So I I could see him having a blow up game too, honestly, even if he is only playing for the first half. Okay. So uh, any thought to benching David Montgomery? It didn't sound like you guys were all that interested in him, but he, you know, did just have a pretty good game. I mean, yeah, he's been really good. If they say they're going to play him, you're probably going to have to stick with him. I mean, they do have a pretty obvious workhorse to take over the work in Herbert if they decide to go to Cleo Herbert. So you really got to listen to the coach on this one up till Sunday. Uh, if they give any hint that uh, Montgomery's going to be taking it easy, then I would get him out. But otherwise, uh, you probably don't have a better option than Montgomery. All right. Um, yeah, it's a, a tough one when when neither team has anything to play for. But I, I just I, f- I get the sense, you know, this is a game where Minnesota's one game up on, on the Bears in the division. It's a division game. Um, I mean, I think they're all division games, but still, uh, I just I, I don't see this one being one where teams really like, you know, they take their foot off the gas pedal. So if it was me, I'd be firing up everyone on, on both these teams that I normally would. But as with everything listen to what the coaches are saying, um, stay up with this stuff because we, you know, we might know more, uh, by Sunday, um, in a game where players are definitely gonna be sitting, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are playing the Cleveland Browns. Um, Joe Burrow sitting, Joe Mixon sitting, uh, Baker Mayfield's getting surgery. So he's out. Uh, a lot of players are on COVID reserve for Cincinnati, but one bright spot amongst all that Samaj P Ryan, most added player on Yahoo this past week. Um, Eric is Samaj P Ryan, someone that you have any confidence in starting. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't think Chris Evans, the other running back, is really the workhorse type, and I just don't see him soaking up 15 to 20 carries in this game. So I do think P. Ryan kind of gets the default workhorse role, and that's probably enough to get him in your lineups in Week 18. So, yeah, I, I think – I mean, as bad as the Browns have been, um, if they sit, if they start sitting players on both sides of the ball, like the Bengals could still kind of control this game and put up some points. So, yeah, I, I would be playing P. Ryan with pretty good confidence just because I'm not sure they have other places to turn. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Peter Overzet is sarcastically tweeting about Samaji P. Ryan right now as a cash game lock. So you can assume he'll be chalk in DFS just based on that information. Yeah, I mean, uh, P. Ryan had two games earlier this year where he got uh, a good amount of workload, weeks five and seven, where he had uh, 11 carries in both games, um, scored a touchdown in both games, um, one through the air in week five and, and on the ground in week seven. So um, there is some track record of him doing well. Um, both, both games, he had, uh, around five uh, yards per carry. So, um, he did perform well when given work, uh, earlier this year. So, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's something to be said there. Uh, what about with Cleveland? Um, Nick Chubb was limited last week. Um, only had 12 carries on and 58 yards. 
only played 42% of the snaps. Uh, Kareem Hunt limited in practice, which is an upgrade for him. So maybe he's playing Dernis Johnson on COVID reserve. So I guess the real question is, can you play either Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt? So I just want to comment about the game last week where the announcers were just baffled of why they weren't playing Nick Chubb more. And Twitter seemed to be the same way as well. Uh, and the, the, Brown, the Browns have been eliminated from the playoffs and they have Chubb signed to a big contact contract through 2024. Like that's why Nick Chubb was not getting 75% of the snaps. Like why are they going to run him into the ground when their season is over? So Chubb, I mean, they do have to play someone at running back and I would assume he sees some snaps, but I would not be expecting a, a 20, eight carry game here for Nick Chubb. It just, it does not make any sense for the Browns to run him into the ground in a wasted season. So I don't know. It's um, whoever is active on this Browns roster has some appeal on the running back position. I think we're going to kind of have to see what we're dealing with on Sunday to make complete sense of it though. So if, if it's Chubb and hunt, like you would want to play hunt over Chubb in your lineup. Is that kind of what you're saying? I mean, Hunt's coming off of injury, though. It's it's a tough one. Like, it, it feels like they would bring some up, someone up off the, the practice squad to get some work, too. But I, I I don't know. I almost think Chubb would be the healthier one, and he would get more work because I'm not sure that Hunt's ready to go out there and get 20 carries either. So it's probably – we're looking at a split back, backfield to some extent, I would think. Um, like, Ryan, do you have any different thoughts on Cleveland? I think I'm just not interested in the situation <laughs> at all, honestly. Like, I, I know that's kind of a cheap, easy cop-out, but – the way this game is shaping up, neither team is likely to be playing very hard. It, it could be 10 to three and just not really have any real fantasy viability. So I'd stay away. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, you know, uh, that's an answer. You know, you can call it the cheap cop-out answer, but it, it is a legitimate answer. I think, um, is Jarvis Landry playable? Um, I mean, I, I Baker Mayfield's still starting. I think, I don't, I don't know what exactly i don't know if we care i don't think he's any better than case keenum or nick mullins but uh that's neither here nor there jarvis landry can we play him yeah i mean like this browns team like i'm not saying they've quit but like that performance against the steelers was really bad i mean the amount of sacks i know the Bengals don't have a miles garrett but uh, their offense couldn't even like move the ball forward at times so i'm not going out of my way to play landry um this is an ugly game. I don't know what to tell okay. you. Uh, okay. I, I mean, I do think as long as they're not saying he's going to get the day off, like, you know, five catches might be good for you this week. So you can certainly get that out of Landry. Okay. Um, moving on. Uh, the Packers take on the Detroit Lions. Um, we talked about the Packers at the top of the show. Uh, we don't expect them to really play their starters a whole lot. Um, Matt LaFleur hasn't said one way or another. Um, it does sound like they're going to play at least a little bit, but you know, they've, with the bye week, they're going to have two weeks off. Um, well, this week, I guess, theoretically, is, you know, we're counting that as a week off. Uh, and then next week with the bye. Um, so I, I don't know what to expect from the Packers. Like, do is there any world in which you could play, like, A.J. Dillon even, if Aaron Jones is sitting? Um, is there anyone on the Packers that you feel like you can play? So it's tricky because you're going to get the starters uh, sapping some work here. And I mean, do they value Dylan that much differently than Jones? Um, they have, I think it's pretty much just those two and Patrick Taylor. So we may just see a lot of Patrick Taylor getting rushes. So I think it's going to be tricky to play anyone here, honestly. I mean, really, Devontae Adams might be able to get it done on one drive against Detroit. So <laughs> he might be able to get 60 yards and a touchdown. He may be worth putting out there. But the rest of the team is going to be tough to trust. I wouldn't trust anyone in the passing game after Rodgers leaves with with love out there. So I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe Taylor's the best option here. I don't know. Whoever, 
whoever gets the running game work is who I would want on Green Bay. That would be my main focus. So I'm sitting here and looking at these Aaron Rodgers incentives that we have listed out, and he gets a $100,000 bonus for finishing top three in completion percentage, and he's currently in fourth in the league. So I'm almost wondering if Aaron Rodgers goes out there for like 15 snaps and just throws 15 completions behind the line of scrimmage <laughs> and then leaves the game. Is, a this of- a, is this a possibility? I do a bunch of screen uh, screen passes to Devonte Adams and uh, Aaron Jones, kind of a deal. Yeah, that like that that sounds like something he might do, right? Like, uh, would we really be surprised? I mean, it's also like, Aaron, does Aaron Rodgers need a hundred thousand dollars? Like, can State Farm <laughs> not just cover that for him? Um, he here's the other thing too is so he's sitting uh, he's point six percentage points behind Derek Carr and Kyler Murray. Um, there's a good chance he gets it without needing to throw any passes because those guys have stuff to play for uh, this week. And there's no guarantee that they can keep up that, you know, a top three uh, completion rate this weekend. So, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe Aaron Rodgers does go out there and, and pepper, you know, six straight completions on a drive, but I, I don't know. I mean, he's, here's the other thing is he is getting uh, the bonus for finishing top three in passer rating and interception percentage. Um, so like he's already getting 200 K from some of his bonuses. Like I, I just don't know for, going to see him you know work that hard for you know what he gets from state farm for showing up on set for an hour is there any chance like i mean he's battling brady for mvp does that factor into this at all like will that's he how, off that's, the field if they that's want to probably off the field? better that's probably the better point and i don't know i don't know how much he cares about that i don't know if he feels like he needs to do that um to get mvp or if he feels like it's if it is even a, a chance for him but I think that's more of an incentive than uh, than the incentives. <laughs> <laughs> it seems pretty certain that if Rodgers had a shot at the MVP, he would relish that this year. So I, I think he would be very smug about it all offseason. I don't know if that matters when LaFleur tells him to come off the field, but um, it is worth considering. Yeah, I think the biggest consideration is Aaron Rodgers' ego. And I, th- I think you're right that MVP might factor more into that than these bonuses. Although maybe the bonuses do as well. Maybe these were negotiated in because the Packers didn't believe that he was going to do this this year for whatever reason. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'll show you. I'll, I'll get that extra 500K. You'll, you'll yeah. see. I just don't know if it matters. He's a thousand yards behind Tom Brady and five passing touchdowns. Like I, there's no game that he has that, that is going to really like, change any view any voters like perception at this point uh, uh, he he is leading the odds right now on DraftKings, i believe aaron Rodgers no, no, is favored to sure be i mean i'm not i'm not saying i'm not what i what i am saying is i don't i don't think there's any statistical changes that are going to happen this weekend uh i mean even if he outthrows brady by say 300 yards uh this weekend which seems highly unlikely but let's say he does he's still 700 yards behind brady brady's going to surpass 5000 um you know rogers is at 3977 so no matter what he's going to get past 4000 so it's not about milestones like you know the the uh, anyway point being i don't I, I don't know if that there's anything there for him to play for uh if he if he thinks he's going to win mvp i think he thinks he's won it already but well i i'm not i think that what you should take away from the past five minutes don't play a packer you can't trust them <laughs> we're not even sure that we're like arguing levels of like maybe he'll play enough to like no just don't go somewhere else um 
on the other side of the ball, the Lions don't have anything to play for, but they haven't since like week three. Um, but that's okay because they still play hard every single week. It's Dan Campbell. Um, they're going to go out. They're going to do their best. Um, Jared Goff was limited in practice. This is an upgrade. He hasn't played in a few weeks. Um, he might play this weekend. That's a good sign for the um, Lions offense, whoever's uh, still left of it. Um, DeAndre Swift uh, said he's ex- uh, expecting a similar role. Um, from pa- this past week, which is not a good sign because he, while he did play 57% of the snaps, he only touched the ball six times. Um, so DeAndre Swift, maybe not someone you can trust here in week 18. Um, I don't know if Jamal Williams is someone you can trust because even though he touched the ball 14 times, he did get a total of 44 yards and one uh, rushing touchdown. So uh, other than uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, is there anyone in Detroit that you're playing this week? Yeah, I was going to say St. Brown's the best play on this team right now, and I don't think he's such a high-profile rookie. They're going to sit him and, you know, try to keep him healthy. So uh, I, I watched this game, the Lions game last week for what we saw. It did not feel Yikes. like 57% of the snaps for DeAndre Swift. It felt like less. They were rotating all three backs with regularity as early as the first drive, um, Jamal Williams and Craig Reynolds. So I would look elsewhere if possible. Swift almost had the touchdown and got flipped over going towards the end zone, just missed it. It could have been a little better, but I think you're banking on touchdowns from these Lions running backs. That's about it. Craig Reynolds season. No, don't don't play <laughs> Craig Reynolds. Uh, yeah, just play St. Brown. Don't play any other Lion. Okay, and, and then th- this is this might be like really like maybe over uh, analyzing, especially because he had two of his really good weeks with uh, Jared Goff under center. But um, you know, it's been a few weeks since Goff has been the quarterback. Like, is there any world in which Goff comes back and forgets that it was Amon Ross St. Brown he was throwing to, and he starts throwing it to like Josh Reynolds again or something like that? I could be remembering wrong, but I think he's. I think St. Brown started his hot streak when Goff was still there, and I mean. The rest of the Lions receivers are just coming off the COVID list, so sometimes that affects players. I, I think Sam Brown's pretty locked in. He looks really good. He's he's really good with the ball in his hands. Like, they used him as a running back a few times. They gave him a draw. They broke for a touchdown. Like, he's just one of those players that are going to find ways to get the ball in his hands. He'll break some tackles. So, uh, I, I think he's pretty safe, regardless of Goff's favorite receiver this week. Okay. I just, I remember there's you know throughout the season no, Goff like point. changed changes mind as to who he wanted to throw to each time you know I don't I don't yeah. know if he was playing like a game of roulette before each game started <laughs> like all right you're my wide receiver this week Khalif Raymond yeah. uh, so I don't know uh, let's head down to Jacksonville um, the Colts need to win to guarantee their spot in the playoffs um, of course they're playing in Jacksonville where the Jaguars are six and zero in their last six home games against the Colts. Uh, which is an unbelievable stat because I didn't know the Jaguars had won six games in the last few years. So uh, <laughs> Indianapolis is going to have to break the streak to uh, to guarantee their spot in the playoffs. Uh, I, I mean, that aside, it, you were playing all your Colts, right? Anyone you were going to play initially, you're still playing them. Yeah, I mean, it's really Jonathan Taylor, but yeah. I was going to say, does that include Michael Pittman? I think in week 18, yes, it's against Jacksonville. The Colts are trying. So, yeah, I, I would play Pittman. It's when they could totally just give Wentz the week off here, but um, I, I think Pittman's worth a shot. I mean, they could have given him the week off if they had just beaten the Raiders last week. Then they could have, but they can't. Well, cause I meant the week off as in, like, hey, just you're throwing six passes today. But yeah, yeah, I, I think Pittman's worth a play this week. Uh, Ryan, what about you? I know you've been down on Pittman. Is Pittman someone you can play this week? Yeah, you can play him. Honestly, as we continue going down these games, the wide receiver position starting to sound thinner and thinner. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'd mind a Michael Pittman this week if I had to play a lineup. 
Okay, and then on the Jacksonville side, do you play Laquan Treadwell? <laughs> I don't know who's left. Who's who's there? I'm currently Dario looking. Ogunbowale. I'm yeah. I tried to look up their backfield split last week between Agumboale and Raquel Armstead, and I just I decided it's not worth it. So I I, I don't think he started any Jaguars. Agumboale uh, yeah. played sixty six percent of the snaps. Armstead played thirty percent. I was. It was pretty funny. I, I'm like in the upper bleachers at Gillette Stadium, tilting my face off when Ryquel Armstead checks into the game because I have a Goomba Wale in like multiple championship lineups last week. And then, of course, he gets the garbage time touchdown and I got excited and other I'm wearing a Mac Jones jersey and other, like other Pats <laughs> fans are kind of looking around at me like a little weirded out. I'm like we're, we're up 50 points. I, I can cheer for my fantasy team right now. Yeah, uh, you, you scored 50 points, and all you can think about is uh, Dario Gumbawale's snap uh, snap share on yeah. this Jaguars uh, backfield. <laughs> um, okay, seriously, though, this is not crazy. Laquan Treadwell has actually been pretty decent, um, which is like, okay, since week 13, he has scored 10 PBR points every single week, except for week 16 when he scored 9.4. Um, is Laquan Treadwell actually like a safe wide receiver option this week? I wouldn't say safe, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you talked me into it. Uh, he's been seeing a lot of snaps. He's getting 50 plus yards every week. Uh, I don't think they're going to sit him this week. So yeah, I, uh, he's like a wide receiver three. Yeah, I guess kind of like in, in the Michael Pittman mold, you might say. <laughs> uh, Treadwell or Pittman. I'm just kidding. All right. Um, by the way, Jonathan Taylor is 266 rushing yards away from 2000 on the season. That's a tall order. It is Jacksonville. Uh, I don't expect it to happen, especially because they're going to have to play again next week if they win. So I, I don't, but Jonathan Taylor is someone you play anyway. Um, okay. <clears throat> In Baltimore, the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing the Ravens. Um, both teams seasons are on the line. I don't know exactly what needs to happen for them to make the playoffs. Um, I, I, think one of them can take the spot vacated by the loser of the Raiders chargers. Um, but don't quote me on that because uh, actually I think the Steelers would, would be in a good position too. Cause uh, with that tie, uh, they would only have seven losses on the season Ravens. However, I think we need a little bit more to go their way. Regardless, I think it's safe to say any fantasy relevant players on these teams are playable. Yeah. The, the Steelers have a better path. It does require the Colts losing to the Jaguars, which is pretty slim, but it's Roethlisberger's last game if that happens. So I think Steelers are going all out here and Ravens need quite a bit, but yeah, they're going to play till the end unless it's uh, scoreboard watching and they see it's over. So yeah, I, I think you can start your usual suspects here. Um, unfortunately, Deontay Johnson is on COVID reserve as of Thursday, so he may not be playing. That would sure seem like a huge workload for uh, Chase Claypool, although him and Roethlisberger never seem to be on the same page. So I wonder if we see a lot of like Ray Ray McLeod here. I don't, I don't know, but uh, I do think any Steelers receiver could be interesting here with that Baltimore secondary and uh, just the way their offense is Roethlisberger is going to throw it. It's, it's not going to be for any yardage, but um, you, you could get six or seven catches out of some of these receivers in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Deontay Johnson being placed on the COVID list really, uh, really took a lot of the wind out of the fantasy sales of this team. It's like Najee Harris. And I guess maybe, plug your nose and play chase claypool like ryan are you can you endorse playing chase claypool this week i'll endorse claypool i think he's talented enough that i mean when he's been on the field he's been fairly efficient just minus the touchdowns this season i think the the more interesting question yeah i i think the more interesting question though is i i'm i was so excited to say this as soon as it popped in my mind ray ray mcleod or laquan treadwell (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, Treadwell, come on, easy answer. He's been doing know. it. I, I kind of like McLeod. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up what Ray Ray McLeod has been doing lately. While well, you guys tell me if there's any players on the uh, Ravens that you're shying away from. Well, first, I I just want to bring up again the fact that. That Monday night game between Pittsburgh and Cleveland, I, I've never seen anything like it. Deontay Johnson had 31 yards on 15 targets. So um, <laughs> maybe maybe we shouldn't get it too excited about any of these players. I don't know. It's I, I I just I've never seen that bad of a passing performance that I saw in that game. So yeah, I don't know. Otherwise, in Baltimore, like it's the running game is not very good. So I, I'm not really running out to start any of these running backs, but you can certainly play Devontae Freeman. Um, you know, he's getting the lead lead work and it'll start the usual suspects in the passing game for Baltimore. All of their quarterbacks have, have been pretty consistent when they're out there. So I'd feel pretty good about the Ravens passing game. Yeah. And you didn't mention uh, Tyler Huntley earlier during quarterback streaming. Is Huntley someone that you guys could see yourself streaming this week? Um, I would prefer both Lance and Taysom Hill to him. But yeah, I think he's another guy that's potentially viable and he's available in more leagues than either of those two guys. So I guess that would be the desperation stream I'd point you to. Okay. Uh, Mark Andrews is 141 receiving yards away from breaking Travis Kelsey's record for most receiving yards by a tight end. Uh, Tall task there. And this isn't the kind of game where they're just going to, I mean, they're going to force feed him, but not for the record purposes uh, because they want to win. So, uh, you know, I mean, you're playing Mark Andrews anyway. Uh, It's not like this uh, record is going to make or break whether or not you play him. So you play Mark Andrews Uh, in Houston. The Tennessee Titans uh, need to win almost certainly to lock up that first round by, I guess it technically depends on what happens with the chiefs on Saturday. Um, but we should see the Titans in a position where they want to win, get that first round by, give Derrick Henry an extra week to rest up. Um, so with that said, play AJ Brown. Is there anyone else on the Titans you're playing? Ryan Tannehill? I guess it's Tannehill. Where is Tannehill better or worse than the streamers we've talked about? Worse. It, okay. They're just yeah, I, I prefer the higher rushing upside that like Huntley, Lance, and Taysom would have. Okay. Yeah. And I also have to say, I am starting to come around on Deontay Foreman. I've been way down on him all year. It's paid off most weeks, but he did play a lot of snaps last week. He played 65%. Now he's had a few hundred yard rushing games this year. I think against Houston, he's a a pretty clear play. I mean, ECR right now has him at running back 11 expert consensus rankings. So you can certainly play Foreman. It's real nice seeing that snap share up to 65% last week. That's kind of the main thing we've been waiting for. So uh, before that, it's been more like 40%. So if we can keep that going, Foreman's definitely a play. Yeah, 26 rushes last week and a blowout win over the Dolphins. And this is a, another game where they could easily have uh, that kind of game script. Although, you know, Titans did lose to the Texans earlier this year. So yeah. uh, it's not it's not a given, but uh, definitely, uh, definitely reads more of like a Deontay Foreman game, um, especially since it would be absolutely shocking if Derrick Henry plays. Um, on the Houston side of the ball, Rex Burkhead needs 103 total yards, not just rushing yards, but yards total for $125,000. Uh, do we think Houston force feeds Rex Burkhead? Uh, David Johnson is back. Is Rex Burkhead startable? I, I thought it was funny because I think his his total was like 650 yards. That's what he had to hit. Like most of these we're looking at, it's like 1,400 yards or something, and it's uh, 650 for Rex Burkhead. So um, I don't know. Like I, I think he's done well for them. I think they probably still feed him. He, he's – I. I think he's been better than David Johnson this year. So he's, I wouldn't say he's startable, but he's definitely on the uh, volume running back range this week. Yeah, I am not into it, but I <laughs> I guess you can. I, I don't think it's the worst play this week. 
Yeah, three three straight weeks of uh, 16 carries or more. Um, and, you know, he usually gets a, a handful of targets. So, I mean, it's not a, it's not a slam dunk play by any means, but, you know, it's certainly, um, as Eric mentioned, you know, there's always those volume plays that you have to plug your nose and, and put in your lineup, and Rex Burkhead might be that guy for you. Uh, Brandon Cooks, startable for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Um, let's go on to the game that no one wants to talk about. That's the Washington football team playing the New York Giants. Neither team has anything to play for. Um, yeah, I don't know. You, there's no one on the Giants. Like, do you start anyone on the Giants this week? I mean, they ran the ball an insane amount of times last week, even though they were getting blown out. I find it hard to believe they're going to run Saquon Barkley in week 18, 25 times with his injury history. It would be very foolish, but I, Hey, I don't know, but no, I don't think I want to start anyone in this game. Really. Wouldn't it be funny if Saquon Barkley put up like 200 total yards this week? Like, can you imagine Twitter no. and what that would, would, not, look it would like? not, it would not be funny. <laughs> I think it'd be funny. Maybe, uh, maybe I just have a dark and twisted sense of humor. There but. you go. Uh, yeah. I mean, so is Barkley like Barkley or Burkhead? <laughs> uh, i uh i guess burkhead honestly like i i feel better about his volume than i do saquon barkley's somehow let's see burkhead 66 percent of the snaps last week what did we have for what, what do we what do you guys uh, think over under on barkley here i just saw it but uh it's 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 under burkhead snap count 54 percent of the snaps last week Split evenly with Booker. Booker was 48%. Um, and this is a game where they they just ran the ball nonstop because uh, I think Mike Lennon got hurt, and I don't think they have any other quarterbacks. Um, okay, that I mean, the fact that the, the fact that the answer wasn't Barkley, like by a landslide, means that it, you can't really trust him. Let's really twist the knife here, Ryan. Barkley or a Gunbowale? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um this is the same exact decision we talked about on the pod last week. And I, <laughs> like I, I, I was, that. I was actually like sweating between Barkley and Agumba Wale for who to rank like I mean, RB 27 or something like that. Barkley ran for 102 yards last week and only got us 10 PPR points. So it, it wasn't real exciting out of Barkley, even though he had a, a statistically nice game. Okay. All right. All right. Moving on. I, I, <laughs> If you have to play Barkley, you have to play Barkley. I don't I don't know what to tell you. Uh, what about on the other side of the ball? Antonio Gibson was limited. Um, is he someone in a game like this? Like, can we trust him even if he is starting, given the fact that he's limited? He's definitely the future of the franchise. Um, it, it, do we think he's going to get a, a lot of playing time here? I don't think so. He's, he's really gutted it out this year, and uh, I don't think they should push him another week. So I would not want to start Antonio Gibson this week. I agree. If he's playing a lot, I'd be really confused as to why. So I guess I'll just stick with don't assume that he's going to. What about uh, what about Terry McLaurin? Um, you know, obviously, his season has been very up and down. But uh, last week, seven receptions, 61 yards. Um, he's probably a, at least a fourth best wide receiver on everyone's fantasy roster. So he's someone that's like in the mix there. Um, you know, is, is McLaurin someone that you would expect to see playing this week? I mean, even if he is, he's, it's just, has not been an impressive season at all. Um, I, I would be looking at other options personally. They should rest him as well. Uh, keep him healthy. Uh, last week was his first double digit PPR week in quite a while. Hasn't scored a touchdown in a while. I'm, I'm looking for other options. Every yeah. Since, since week 11. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, in probably the quote of the week. And this comes in a week where we've had Antonio Brown statement, uh, Joe Judge's rant. Uh, what, what, what else has happened this week? Uh, Bruce Arians responding to Antonio Brown. Uh, just all kinds of fun stuff. Um, uh, head coach Matt Rule uh, talking about the quarterback position said, uh, we just got PJ Walker back today from COVID. Cam, Cam's ready. Um, so what that looks like exactly, obviously we're going to keep under wraps a little bit, but be, uh, because of the benefit of somebody having to prepare for two or three guys helps us. So uh, <laughs> what kind of preparation do you have to do when you're playing, when you could could potentially see PJ Walker or Sam Darnold or Cam Newton? Is, is this really going to throw off the Buccaneers uh, practice schedule this week? <laughs> <laughs> They're up at night game planning. They got three different coaches, three different game plans for these three quarterbacks. Uh, all you know, massive arms, downfield throwing talent. Uh, just yeah, it's just dynamic offense here. Uh, th- this kind of reads like if you tune into local radio on like a Friday afternoon, and the local high school coach like calls in for their little sports segment and they interview him and ask who's going to be starting and playing this weekend, and he just is like thinks he's the most intelligent coach in the country and is is like just dropping breadcrumbs and smoke screens for his yeah, opponents it, like. it's exactly that but it's an nfl head coach yeah and it's incredible it's incredible uh, they said we would have no problem playing two guys i none of this matters for your fantasy teams it's just hysterical uh so i don't know do, any carolina panther i mean dj moore i mean it's probably startable robbie anderson is on the covid reserve list so i think i read that it's dj moore and special teams wide receivers out there uh more more is is startable more or less startable i mean he he gets he's had seven or more targets every single week of the year so it, the the highs aren't real high with this quarterback group but he's probably gonna get you 10 points so yeah i'd i'd play more this week yeah play him he's way better than most of these options we've been discussing so yeah play him he's like probably a high wide receiver too at this point uh, and then any of the running backs, uh, I mean, Chuba Hubbard just uh, ran for 55 yards in the touchdown against New Orleans. A- any chance you want to play him this week? Um, is he is he a decent like backup option for a team that maybe isn't playing Aaron Jones or, you know, one of those guys? I mean, it's been a pretty even split between Chuba Hubbard and Amir Abdul in the passing game. So um, it's it's not great here. I think Abdul is actually going to see more work if they're trailing. So I would not be looking to start Hubbard here. Um, Abdul just doesn't quite get enough passing volume. It, it, it'd be interesting if they're getting blown out and catching a bunch of dump offs, but um, it hasn't quite worked out this year for Abdullah either. Yeah, I agree. I prefer Abdullah if I have to play one of the two, but it, hopefully you don't. Okay. Um, and then on the Tampa Bay side of the ball, there's actually a lot of players with, uh, with incentives, which makes now it explains why they're so good is because they incentivize their players through their contracts uh, to be good. Um, Tom Brady, uh, he, he earns, uh, these numbers are so randomly specific. He can earn $562,500 uh, for hitting certain incentives uh, that, you know, go with being in the top five and like touchdown passes, pass yards. I mean, all of this stuff is pretty much locked up. Um, so it's not like Brady really has uh, uh, any of this stuff to worry about. I think the big one for me, um, Gronk needs seven receptions and 85 yards. I think both of those are very doable. Um, and then Mike Evans needs 54 receiving yards. Uh, to uh, get eight seasons, all eight seasons of his career to have at least a thousand receiving yards. He did practice in full on Thursday. So, I, I mean, I think Gronk and, and Evans, uh, very attainable uh, incentives and, and, and milestones here. 
Yeah. And I mean, Tampa Bay's also running into the situation like these NFL rosters are only so big and they have to put somebody on the field. And with all these receiver injuries, like they're running out right. of players. So it's it's Evans, Tyler Johnson, Cyril Grayson, uh, Rashad Perriman, Scotty Miller. Those are kind of the leftovers. So, uh, yeah, I, I could totally see Evans getting that thousand yards. I mean, he's been so good, so consistent. That would be a big thing to get him that uh, thousand yard year. So I agree. Gronk, hopefully they can get some cheap yardage for Gronk early because I think they would probably want to rest him if possible for the playoffs but uh, again they've got to throw to somebody and if they're out there trying we know they're going to be throwing the ball a lot so um yeah I, I Gronk and Evans are both pretty clear starts this week yeah I, I mean I, I could see them like force feeding Gronk on that first drive and and seeing like okay can we get to seven receptions quickly can we get to 85 yards quickly um or else bailing he also take he get a bonus if he scores three touchdowns so maybe maybe brady just tells him to come on the field when they're in the five yard line and that, that's about all you know his whole day but if he scores three touchdowns you're also good so doesn't matter how that happens yeah i agree i think these bucks are solid starts um and i mean they have a lot more to play for than some of these other teams too they're not fully locked into the two seed but having that two seed is the difference between an extra home game, most likely. So I think that matters a lot, actually. They're going to make sure they win as well beyond just these incentives. All right, and then the the last question uh, up in the air here is uh, Le'Veon Bell, second most added running back, only behind Samaje P. Ryan. Um, you know, they he's been called the only healthy running back on Tampa Bay's roster. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn did practice in full, but he's dealing with uh, a ribs injury. Uh, Ronald Jones is in a walking boot. Um, apparently, he hasn't been ruled out, but, you know, I mean, he's in a boot. So I, I don't know. What, that doesn't sound good is the point I'm trying to make here. Uh, do you play Le'Veon Bell or Keyshawn Vaughn, or are you just screwed if you're relying on either of those guys? You're probably screwed, but... Um, I mean, there's only so many options this week. It's still a good offense. Last week, Bell played 35% of the snaps, which was actually most on the team. Vaughn was at 32. Ronald Jones was at 27%. So I think you could talk yourself into playing Le'Veon Bell this week. It's it's one of those where you really have to see like everyone on your roster, how things shake out come Sunday. But he could be in line for a pretty solid workload, which means a, a shot at a touchdown in this offense. Yeah, I I mean, between the two of them, if they're both playing, I think Vaughn has more juice and explosiveness, pretty yeah. obviously. Um, so I might lean towards him if we thought it might be more of an even split. And he's the one that they will actually want to get a look at before the playoffs, more than likely, just for roster evaluation purposes. So yeah. I think that's where I would lean. But as you said, got to listen to the reports and see if they're sending out any signals on Sunday morning. All right. Um, Patriots take on the Dolphins. Uh, Patriots have a uh, playoff spot locked up. They're just playing for seeding. Dolphins are out of it. Um, I mean, I this past week was a abysmal one for the Dolphins, but uh, do you still play Jalen Waddle? Do you still play Devontae Parker? Um, I, I can't imagine you play any member of their of their uh, rushing attack. Um, and I Gasicki probably a lock at tight end for a starter. Yeah, they were one of those teams I have a hard time figuring out what their motivation will be. Um, I would think it's Waddle and Gesicki though. And that's, that's probably all I'm looking at for Miami. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of a rivalry here, right? These two teams have played each other pretty close, Ryan. So uh, there's probably enough bad blood here. They, they try relatively hard against the Pats. Yeah, this is Miami Super Bowl is what I was just going to say. They, <laughs> okay. And they, they absolutely love knocking off the Pats in like a stupid 
final week game that they should lose and messing up our seating like that that happened like two years ago with that stupid miami miracle play i was about to say i can i'm see still Ron- not over so. i can see gronkowski playing horribly as a free safety on that oh, play i don't know why he was out there other than the fact that they thought it was gonna be like a jump ball uh, hail mary but regardless uh so so miami safe to play uh waddle and gaziki is what you're saying ryan yeah, I think so. I'm way too scared of Devontae Parker at this point, but Waddle and Gasicki, yeah, go for it. Okay, and then who's safe to play in New England? Um, if if anyone, I, I really don't know uh, what, what they're going to do this week with a playoff spot locked up. Yeah, I mean, Jacoby Myers has been on the injury report and I think was a limited practice today. If he's out there, you can probably use him as like he's going to get some targets, Jarvis Landry type of player. Uh, but he scores touchdowns now. So, hey, oh. take keep an eye out for that. Um, I think Christian Wilkerson might be viable. I I mean, I, I was looking before the show at, when we were looking at the points per game leaders for the first round next year. And Christian Wilker, Wilkerson is like the wide receiver four in points per game because he's only played one game. But, hey, it, it was <laughs> it was an awesome game. So I think that if Kendrick Bourne is not going to be playing, which honestly not sure on, I, then I, if he's in the starting lineup, then I don't hate it that much. If you want to play Wilkerson, I mean, it's not like Miami secondary has been all that great either. Okay. Um, and then what about uh, Ramon J Stevenson or Damian Harris? Um, can you fire up either of these guys, both of them, none of them? Yeah. I mean, just with projected game script here, I'm hoping and assuming that the Patriots are going to be up for most of the game. So I think either are decent plays. I believe Damian Harris was limited. So that's something to keep an eye on. But if they're both in the game, I think both are viable in a similar way to the Broncos running backs, except with better game script. Okay. Uh, New Orleans Saints take on the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Saints have an outside shot at making the playoffs. Um, they need to win and then they need uh, the 49ers to lose. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's doable. Um, so that means that their starters gonna be on the field. So Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, uh, any, anyone else in New Orleans you're interested in playing? Um, I mean, Callaway had an okay week last week. Um, I'm not exactly sure what Smith's status is. He'd be about the only one I would even uh, think about there. Okay. Uh, and then on Atlanta side of the ball, um, Kyle Pitts is only 59 receiving yards away from breaking uh, the rookie tight end receiving record um, set by Mike Ditka back in uh, probably the 1920s. Uh, so <laughs> obviously not that long ago, uh, but Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, on, on the precipice of something great. So I, I think it's safe to say that he's someone you can start this week. Uh, is there anyone else in Atlanta worth starting? I mean, is Cordero Patterson someone you can trust anymore? It's getting tough. Uh, I mean, I this seems like a team that uh, they, they gave it a good fight. They hung in there all season. They somehow just got eliminated from the playoffs. But outside of Pitts this week against the Saints defense, I, I don't know how I could count on anyone in Atlanta, really. I just want to say good job to everybody in the preseason that was saying Kyle Pitts was going to break the rookie tight end receiving record. Um, mm-hmm. It really, it he, it looks like he's going to do it, and it totally worked out for you drafting mm-hmm. him in the fourth round. So <laughs> yeah, you, I, you totally you guys got me on that one. For sure. <laughs> I was going to say you you were one of those people, right? Uh, no, I I definitely remember uh, your thoughts on Kyle Pitts before the season. So good, good on you for, for, uh, you know, real recognize real there. Good, good job there. Uh, also remember when it was fun and Cordero Patterson was used in a fun way. And then they were like, Hey, what if Cordero Patterson was Mike Davis? <laughs> I don't know what happened. No, you guys are doing so much good stuff. Okay. The New York jets play the Buffalo bills. Um, bills playing for playoff seating. 
I, I saw something the other day uh, that if every one score game had gone the other way, the Bills would be 15 and one um, heading into this week. They just have, have had awful luck and or Josh Allen is not clutch. Take, you know, take your pick depending on if you like the Bills or not. Um, Emmanuel Sanders still not practicing. Um, is Gabe Davis worth starting then? Uh, obviously, he had a huge week three weeks ago, five uh, receptions, 85 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and then last week, just three receptions for 40 yards. Cole Beasley played in both games, so it's not you know like one or the other there. There's no flow chart here for Gabe Davis. Uh, do you play Gabe Davis this week? I mean, on the one hand, Buffalo is playing for something. On the other hand, they might get up so big on the Jets that it, you know, it kind of kills some of this upside here. I'm probably trying to find someone other than Gabe Davis. I mean, they do have some options. Like Isaiah McKenzie looked really good when he got a shot. They still have Cole Beasley. So I think there's enough roadblocks for Davis that you're not like running out to start him, but he is interesting if if Sanders isn't playing. He he could be like a flex play. Yeah, I'm assuming the Bills are just going to absolutely smash the Jets. So I'm honestly more interested in Devin Singletary than any member of their passing attack at this point. So I'll take that for what you will. Okay. Um, Stefan Diggs has some really interesting contract incentives. Unlike some of these other ones where we're like, oh, he could get $100,000 if he does this. Diggs can add uh, up to $1.5 million to his base contract uh, if he meets certain benchmarks, including 100 receptions, which he's only six receptions away from. So uh, safe to say Stefan Diggs is going to get his this weekend, uh, at least to six receptions. He does need 231 receiving yards to meet that number. I don't I don't know if he's going to do that this weekend. That That's a tall order. But six receptions is totally doable. So digs, you can definitely start. Um, on the jet side of the ball, I, I think there's really only one player uh, that we should even talk about. That's Michael Carter. Um, he did practice in full. It does look like he's going to be out of the concussion protocol. Is he startable? It's so hard to tell on these teams that have been out of it for so long, like the Jets. Like, do they just kind of call it a season or do they keep playing like usual? Um, I would think on a team that's going to be losing – a player coming off of an injury, I would be a little hesitant that he's going to just get a, a huge workload. So he's startable, but I I don't have super high hopes for Carter this week. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to play. I mean, Michael Carter is somebody that we have loved in fantasy circles for a long time, but I, I mean, he is still a day three pick. It's not like this is like a marquee rookie that they are being really careful to protect for the future of the franchise. So I, I would expect to see him out there a decent amount, at least. Uh, uh, rank the New York running backs for me, Barkley or Michael Carter. <laughs> Give me Carter. Why not? Seems okay. more, that seems more fun. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Michael Carter. All right, let's move to the West Coast. Uh, the 49ers are playing the Rams. Uh, 49ers are playing for their playoff spot. Rams uh, jostling for seeding. Um, the NFC, no team can get the first round by. Packers already have it. So Rams really just playing for the two seed here. Um, Cooper Cup uh, needs uh, 12 receptions and 136 receiving yards, um, I believe, to set records for uh, for wide receivers uh, or just, just records, period. So this, is, this could be a big one. Um, 12 receptions sounds like a lot. 136 receiving yards sounds very doable. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts? Uh, are you would you would you make the bet on uh, on the receptions of the yards? Yeah, give me both of them. I mean, this is this just seems like a normal Cooper Cup week to me. So uh, <laughs> I think they're going to feed him. So give me the give me the over on both of them. Yeah, I I can't tell if this is a trap bet or not. I've been kind of been staring at it the last couple hours. So on DraftKings, the yardage total is at plus 160. So you're getting a 
decent but not incredible return for a 136 yard receiving game like that that should be an uncommon event but for cooper cup it really hasn't been so i i might take it just for fun honestly i i I will say yeah i will say cup has only hit 136 receiving yards three times this season um now he's been in the 120s uh at least another three times as well but uh 136 only three times and then he's only actually eclipsed 12 receptions once um he has hit double digit receptions and i believe five games this year uh but yeah 12 136 definitely on the high end of what cooper cup has done this year now he hasn't gone into a week where you know they know those numbers so there's (laughs) that but they're also playing a team that um you know is not just gonna let cooper cup do 12 and 136 against them so it's gonna be a tough one uh we talked about cam Akers at the top of the show but he practiced in full so incredible um, I don't think you can play him, uh, but I, I, but I, you know, I, I don't know who's healthy in this backfield. So I don't, I don't know what you can do with the Rams, but, uh, I don't think that you're just going to play Cam Akers, uh, in his first game back, uh, from injury. Uh, Eli Mitchell did take the day off on Wednesday, but he practiced in full on Thursday. Uh, he's been on fire when he plays definitely start him. Um, and then Jimmy Garoppolo, like, so I, you're not playing, well, maybe you are playing Jimmy Garoppolo. He could be your best bet as a quarterback. I don't know, but. If he does start, what does that mean for Debo, for for Ayuk, for Kittle? Does it matter? Are you playing all three of those guys? Like, is there any decision point there for you? You're playing Debo and Kittle regardless. I, I think it is an uptick for Ayuk if if Jimmy G is out there. Just more passing volume to go around. So, um, you could pencil Ayuk in as a wide receiver. What three? I would imagine maybe even higher this week. Uh, wide receiver two, but yeah, he he certainly helps Ayuk. I would say. Yeah, agreed. I th- this is probably going to be the most interesting slash exciting game to watch this weekend and very likely the most high scoring. So yeah, I think if Jimmy's starting, then it is better for those three, but I think they're all viable even if Lance is starting. Okay. Um, The Seattle Seahawks are traveling to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals have playoff seating on the line as well. I think uh, uh, they're jostling with the Cowboys um, for seating, but uh, I mean, they've also been just dealing with so many injuries uh, this season. Chase Edmonds didn't practice on Thursday. Um, I don't know what to expect from Arizona this week, considering they have a playoff spot locked up. Um, How do you guys feel about them? Yeah. I mean, that this is just complete gut here, but they already felt like once Hopkins got hurt, that they were just kind of holding on for the playoffs. And with all these injuries, I would be shocked if they're really putting their players out there on the line this week. I, they're, they're in the playoffs. Just get there. Hopefully you get some more healthy players and see what you can do. So I don't know. I'm not expecting great things from this offense. I, I think as long as Kyler's out there for the whole game, he, he's going to give you a great performance. But other than that, this offense has been pretty up or down. And now we don't even really know what's going on at running back. So it's a little rough here in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I believe Arizona can get as high as the two seed if things break correctly with the Rams and the Cowboys losing. Um, and, so, and the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers. The yeah, but it it is a lot to possibly play for. So I, I think they're going to be trying to win this game if they can at all. So, yeah, I feel good about Kyler, um, Christian Kirk. So, yeah, yeah, I aside from the running backs, and I, I'll just say if if one's healthy, you're starting them because yeah. as we've seen in this Arizona backfield, the potential points for the running backs are insane. So, yeah, uh, AJ Green, seventy five receiving yards away from two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Is does that factor? Do you want to start AJ Green? So, I mean, I don't even know. 
this this Cardinals offense just feels so scattershot sometimes. I'm not sure that they really plan things to certain players. So it's, it's kind of feels <laughs> like I don't know. It kind of feels like luck of the draw if you get uh, who or AJ Green this week. So um, I mean, he's one of the healthy receivers. He'll be out there, so he could get close. But I don't know if they're exactly going to like just feed him. He had 74 last week, so maybe maybe he can get a couple more this week. So I do think he's startable, but he's like a, a flex play probably. Okay, and then on the Seattle side of the ball, is there, I mean, anyone you're not starting? Uh, like, is there any reason why you wouldn't start Rashad Penny or Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf? I, I think you got to start Penny at this point. I, I watched them last week as well, and uh, Penny looked really good. I, I I can't believe it. I gave up on him way before. I mean, like really early on, I gave up on him, and he looked really good last week. So yeah, I he, he's not necessarily even coming back to Seattle next year. He's gonna be a free agent, so I think they'll roll him out there like they have been. So yeah, start them all. Yeah, agreed. Not a whole lot to add. Start them all. Okay. Uh, and then finally, the Sunday night football game, the playoff game, the Chargers against the Raiders. Uh, of course, when the Jaguars win and, and become 7-0 and against the Colts at home over the past few seasons, uh, they will be in a position where if the Chargers and Raiders tie, they both make the playoffs. So it's very possible we see a sham of a game uh, Sunday night. I don't expect it to happen, but, uh, you know, I've seen stranger things for sure happen. And it's it's interesting that the NFL tries so hard to schedule everything so that there's not these situations. And yet they find themselves with one. So just kind of weird. Uh, but the Raiders definitely want to make the playoffs to the point that Darren Waller is expected to make his return, even though he has not practiced in full yet this week. Uh, he has not played since Thanksgiving. Josh Jacobs has been limited in practice. He's in a lot of pain. He's going to put on a flak jacket and play through it. Uh, and and take all of the all of the painkillers that Antonio Brown was talking about, and probably pop a few ibuprofen as well. Uh, is there anyone on the Raiders that you don't start? Renfro, Waller, Jacobs, uh, Zay Jones. I, I don't know who who on the Raiders you start. Is Zay Jones even still on the Raiders? I don't even know. He's been. I've got to look up his stats now. He's been relatively productive lately. I'm pretty sure he sees a ton of snaps. Yeah, he had 120 yards last week. Um, he had, he's got three straight double digit PPR games. Zay Jones does. So, I mean, this is one of those games. They're all going to be trying. They're going to be playing to the end. They're going to be desperate if they get down big, like you could make a case for starting a lot of players in this game. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I start pretty much start them all. I mean, any of the chargers pass catchers are interesting with Herbert. Um, I even like someone like Guyton could catch a long touchdown. So I, the, you could start a ton of players from this game. Yeah, this is the other game I would probably look to if you're needing to start like a team's wide receiver three to fill in a hole for a player that you don't think is going to be playing because this is another potential shootout with two teams that have a lot to play for. So that's yeah, that's all I'll really say. I don't, I don't think there's anyone in particular on either offense you should be concerned about. Okay, so this is one we just treat like a normal week um, because they are going to have a lot to play for for sure. Um the, let's let's real quick though because Darren Waller with everything that he's been going through uh coming back from injury like obviously the Raiders need all hands on deck this week but like you know you, there's only so much you can force your body to do um would you feel comfortable you know rolling Darren Waller back out there or would you stick with you know whatever tight end you've added along the way to make up for your lack of Darren Waller I he certainly slots into the top 10 um Goddard is on COVID, right? Yep. That takes Goddard out for now. Um, I, I think you start getting into the decision when you get around like Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox. I think I'd probably play them over. Man, yeah, I, I think maybe he slots in after them. Although even Knox, he's been sliding recently, but he's still a touchdown threat. I, I think he probably slots right around that tight end, like seven to nine range. He certainly has upside for more, but 
I'd be playing the Kittles, Gronkowski's, Schultz, those types over him, I think. But, um, it, it, you know, I, I think he's going to be on a snap share, I guess. That's what I would say. So for the, the people out there that have Darren Waller, they probably don't have Kittle. Um, they maybe have Gronk. Gronk might have been attainable. But, like, the best case scenarios that they have are Schultz, Knox, maybe Zach Ertz. Um, Waller, would you play those guys or would you play Waller? I think I'm playing – I mean, Ertz has been really good. I'm playing him, and they seem to be playing to win. I'd play him. Schultz, the Cowboys situation we're unsure of, but in a vacuum, I would play Schultz for sure over him. And I think I would play Knox as well. I think I'm playing all three of them over Waller, but it could definitely come back to bite you. I just can't imagine Waller's out there for 80% of the snaps. Yeah, I agree. I think he slides in behind all three of those guys. But if you're deciding between like Waller or a streamer like Tyler Conklin, then I'm going to lean Waller. No I think that's yes. about where the line is. Yeah, that was that was the next question. The the other tight ends that you probably picked up during this this stretch uh, over the past month, and I know because I lived it. I had Darren <laughs> Waller on a lot of teams. Um, Hunter Henry, Tyler Higby. Um, Higby was dropped in a lot of leagues when he was uh, uh, on COVID reserve, so there's a good chance you got Higby. Um, Gerald Everett, um, <laughs> Jared Cook. Uh, these are the people you're picking up. So you're saying Waller over all these guys? Oh yeah, uh, Higby. I'm might question but yeah over most of those names you just said i would play waller okay well best of luck to you out there uh obviously this is a tough week and this is one of those where um i feel like we've been saying this every week because of all the the covid uncertainty that we've had since like week 15 maybe whatever week all that nonsense started well you know the the explosion obviously it's been going on all season but uh Keep keep your eyes peeled on news. Um, you know, maybe turn your notifications on uh, for certain you know people out there on Twitter. Just really keep you know stay stay up on all that stuff because and like by the time you know we recorded this at around eight o'clock Eastern on Thursday, like by the time you listen to it, at ninety percent of what we talked about could have changed. Uh, there's so much stuff that's going to come out between now and game time. So um, come to our Discord uh talk talk it through it with us uh you know on your game day uh keep your eyes on the news and and best of luck hopefully um you win your sham of a champion i mean hopefully you win your championship and then you can convince your commissioner to change the rules next year but best of luck to you all and uh we'll see you in the play